Um, hello, everybody, and Kiora. Um, so, in today's webinar, we will talk um, about the implementation of the Austroads uh, Road Asset Data Standard. Uh, more than 200 people are registered for today's session. Welcome to you all, and thanks for joining us. My name is Ekaterina. Um, I'm the Senior Communications Officer at Austroads, and I will be moderating today's session. First of all, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to all this past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the original people of New Zealand. Um, a bit of um, a little bit about Austroads. Uh, we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. So today's webinar will run for an hour. Uh, the slides and the standard can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right-hand side of your screen. If you have any technical problems, please use um, the questions icon on your sidebar to let us know. But just a quick tip, if you lose sound or your picture freezes, the issue is most likely with your internet connection. So closing your browser and rejoining the session via your email uh, registration usually helps. This session is being recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. If you listen to podcasts, um, you can also find Austroads in your podcast app. So we will have five presenters today. We will first hear from Chris Kanitsiotis, who will provide um, an introduction. Angus Drum will then take us through the background and outcomes of the project. Uh, Tom McGarry will demonstrate the capabilities of the um, knowledge sharing platform, followed by Jeffrey Patton and David Deacon, who will share um, how they work with asset management data. Chris will then finish the webinar talking um, about the next program phase. So welcome to all our presenters and over to you, Chris. Uh, thank you, Ekaterina. Um, and uh, welcome, uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm going to give you uh, really a, a history of this initiative, the Austroads Road Asset Data Standard. It's uh, been on the Austroads agenda for a period and it commenced effectively uh, as a research, an investigative and research initiative. Uh, more recently, it's moved to the preparation stages of uh, some key deliverables and earlier this calendar year, uh, an inception report was undertaken to look at the formal implementation of it going forward. The delivery of the road asset data standards has been the key cornerstone output of this initiative to date. Uh, indeed, uh, more recently, i.e. yesterday, the version four of this document was released and this will be discussed further in the presentation. Beyond that though, there's also been some preparatory work, including the development of what we would call a minimum viable product IT system that is the Austroads knowledge sharing platform and its associated piloting that's taken place. And these will be key discussion points in today's presentation. And of course, as I mentioned earlier this year, there was an inception report undertaken that produced a roadmap of six areas of focus or six focus areas for going forward and implementing. And this too will be presented 
uh, in the presentation today. The implementation of RADS, the Road Asset Data Standard, is very much a large scale, wide reaching and transformational project. It is this because it involves operationalizing to a new common approach, uh, especially noting that the current approaches vary significantly across Australia and indeed New Zealand. The implementation stage that was uh, developed and will be undertaken going forward focuses on some primarily identified issues. First one is a clear articulation of what we call the priority data sets as a function of the road manager um, type. In other words, the road data standard has many, as you would know, many of you would know, data items. But within that set, there are some which are of priority nature because they represent the things that are critical to different types of road infrastructure managers. And also critical to the fact that some of them are more important than others for specific uses and applications. Another key part of the implementation stage was the recognition that not everyone is adopting or has adopted the road asset data standard. And we wanted to know why, we wanted to investigate why this was the case. This was undertaken and the implementation project going forward has identified some key outcomes that need to be sought. First one is to develop tools to assist in the procurement of data collection services, especially, I should stress, especially for the repeatable and reproducible data items. In other words, tools to actually help someone actually collect the data or procure its collection. We also identified that even if people can collect the data, many road infrastructure managers have nowhere to put it in a manner that can be reused and understood. Hence, uh, the aim of this implementation initiative going forward is the final releasing of this IT platform that I mentioned that can be used by interested road infrastructure managers and users uh, and in turn can also provide value applications as users identify. Importantly, it's also about defining areas of value for, for collaboration and performance measures or quality measures and their associated reporting. My purpose was to give you a highlight of what the program and the presentation will be going forward and uh, these details will be presented with the forthcoming speakers. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, and um, welcome everyone to the, uh, the webinar. Um, I was um, keen to give you some background, uh, building on what Chris has just spoken to in regard to the, the reason for setting up the program in the, um, the first instance, and the process that's been undertaken to get to the state we're at now, and to underpin the um, deliberations that Austroads has been having over the last six months about the next stages. So when the, the program started several years ago, um, Austroads, its board and members were identifying a number of challenges that were preventing the ability for uh, road managers um, and their suppliers 
and their clients to share data to create value for their customers and for their, their patrons on the road and to allow efficient allocation of resources to maintain and support investment in roads. It was identified that the road infrastructure sector was one of the few without an Australasian or Australian in, in some cases standard to support that um, engagement. So the uh, Australians looked at various options to support that, including uh, a business case to understand the benefit of uh, setting up and then implementing and supporting the use of uh, an Australasian road asset data standard. And that's been done. And as Chris has mentioned, we've gone through um, several revisions culminating in the current version four that's um, attached to the webinar links. The other thinking here was around the um, ability to share data in an unconstrained fashion. So when we looked at the reasons why data wasn't being shared, sure, the lack of a standard was, was cited. There are standards, but there are multiple, and there wasn't a truly national or Australasian standard. But the other um, restrictions on sharing went to governance and technology. So what are the relationships and the underpinnings to allow people the space to um, share data? What were the forums? And what was the technology that could be used? And that began the discussion around the Austroads knowledge sharing platform. And the, the program's gone through a number of stages to trial various approaches in a small scale to understand how we could work with road managers, both state and local, to locate the priority data sets that Chris has alluded to and the fuller data sets from the data standard, um, how they could use the platform to upload, harmonise and gain value from harmonised data for sharing purposes. In recent times, we've been working on a updated version of this platform and the MVP product that Chris has mentioned that we are looking to discuss more today. And some items that we worked out with, with stakeholders that were really important for this was being able to load data in, in a, an efficient, um, easy process for, for road managers and other users, but also the ability to really clearly define um, sharing parameters so that each road manager is in entire control of where their data sits, whether they want to share it with just themselves or whether they want to share it with other parties and whether they want to use it for reporting. The system has been set up and designed and will be demonstrated to make that very secure and safe and to put the control within the, um, the data owner as to where that data is used. We've been working through to understand the various use cases that might be most useful for different types of road users, um, rolling through those various priority data sets that are useful for different types of purposes, whether that be reporting, benchmarking, and looking at metrics across the road network. Um, and importantly too, we want to make sure that the end-to-end -end process was as easy to use as possible and required um, the most reachable level of, of skills to get the benefit out of the platform, to be able to share, get insights and share those insights in the broadest possible fashion. Um, so the platform has supported, and Tom will talk to this next, 
some automated reporting capabilities, some data quality features, and some ability to do um, basic benchmarking and uh, metrics development, uh, which can be scaled and improved as we go forward. Uh, I think that's the next slide stage, Ekaterina. And this would be the opportunity for Tom now to, to go through those portal capabilities in more detail. Um, thank you, Angus and Chris, for um, your contributions so far. Welcome to the webinar, everyone. Um, all I'm going to do is um, spend about 15 minutes um, showing you how the portal works and talking about the concepts behind the portal. Um, there is a couple of slides that go along with it. These are more for your benefit if you download this slide pack um, afterwards. Uh, the actual demonstration parts. Um, will be largely live in the system as it is now. Um, just going through the slides though, quickly, um, you'll see we have one that basically explains the um, homepage of the system. It's built on a platform called Domo, um, and I'll go through a lot of this live with you. Um, there's another slide about the uploading of the data, which I'll demonstrate live as well. And another one that just reminds you that a lot of the various functionality, if you can't find it on the homepage, you'll be able to find it down the left-hand side. So very traditional setup of a data portal web page. Um, it should be hopefully very easy to navigate for people first time they use the system. And of course, there'll be um, some assistance with onboarding and documentation about how to use the system uh, more. But Let's go through now and have a look at the system as it is. Um, I'm assuming now that everyone can see the portal live um, on the screen. And this is what you'll see when you log into your homepage. It'll vary slightly depending on the access because one of the things that we've built into the portal is um, various levels of security. So um, as a default, we're looking at this from an administrator's point of view. So that's me, I can see everything. Um, if you're on board with the platform, you'll be given security um, access to data that you control and other users will be able to share their data with you. Um, and baselines that we create will be shared with you as well. So um, you'll see various things as you're coming in here. And the platform is really designed to do four things. Um, the first one is ingesting data. Um, so from our homepage here, um, we've got a data upload and schema checking tile that you can click on. Again, it's available from the menu over here to go over here. And this is a spot where a road manager will be able to upload their data. I'll demonstrate this in a sec, but I'll just talk first. Um, about the concept of how this works and how we plan on it working in the future. Um, we appreciate through the work that we've done over the last few years that road managers um, in different local governments and state governments have, um, you know, there's almost as many different systems for recording this road asset data as there is local governments and state governments. Um, and we want to meet you as road managers where you are and make it easy for you to upload data. So 
um, in this first iteration, what we've got is a file drag and drop for CSV files. Um, and with the data set that um, Angus was talking about before, there's almost a thousand different metrics in that data set. And then we know from the work that we've done um, that very few, if any agencies will have um, even close to those thousand uh, pieces of information, but this has been designed so you can upload what you've got, no matter what system it comes from, as long as you can do a CSV export from it. Um, as development of the system goes ahead in the future, um, we'll look to be able to automate through APIs, hooking up to your systems or your systems being able to hook up to the platform and automatically upload data and keep it up to date as we go along. Um, so we know that those systems that you'll have in your various organisations will have spreadsheets, will have ERP systems, asset management systems, finance systems, um, other bespoke systems, old access databases and so on. And we want this system to be useful for you no matter what systems you've got. So I'll just demonstrate now the um, what will happen when we upload some CSV data. So I've got this file I prepared earlier. I'll drop that on that tile. And what this does is automatically um, reads the columns from this CSV file. This has been pre-prepared, so the columns have the same names as the data standard fields. And if it recognises a name and it can match that with a field, that will happen automatically. Um, if it can't recognise a name, What it does is not match that up, but you've got an option down here to go and search through this. So this is network name. If we search down through here, like I say, there's almost a thousand of these. Um, we can find that one and add that, and that's moved alphabetically to where that is now. So we've got our spreadsheet, and like I say, this can have um, one item, it can have 10 items, it can have 100 items and so on, and we'll upload those for you. And the concept of this is that you'll be able to repeatedly upload data, and if that data changes, like these AADT fields, which for average annual daily traffic, um, if that changes, the old data will be um, aged into a second part of the database, and the latest data will be what's kept in the main data set. And using that, we'll be able to measure change over time. We've got some visualizations that we'll show about that as we do that. So I've got this all uploaded and we've got a validate button up here that I can click on. Um, and that will go through um, the CSV that I've uploaded just to check that the data's in the right format and so on. So when we talk about meeting you where you are, so there's nothing wrong with this one, we can accept that upload and upload it. This is data that's been uploaded already. So I'll just cancel that. Um, your systems don't need to have field names that match, like I showed with that network name, um, as long as you can identify the matching field in the um, OSROADS data standard, um, you'll be able to upload all of that information. Now, once that's uploaded, um, we have the ability to check the quality of the data that you've uploaded. So. I'm going to have a look in here. We've got this data coverage dashboard. Um, what data coverage is about is talking about from the priority data set, those thousand fields, they're divided into a number of levels depending on their usefulness. Level one is um, 
chainage information, um, some surface information, um, location information, uh, a lot of inventory stuff. So the things that we think a lot of people will have um, and also information that's needed for the reporting, which I'll show you a bit later. Um, level two is mostly condition information. Level three is some information about works and costs. But we can in here um, narrow this down to see how much data we've got um, out of the possible um, amount of fields that we're looking for. Um, and if we've got access to multiple local governments, we can change that to either aggregate them or see the different ones. So in here we can see that Bathurst has 8% of the PDS information um, that they would need. So we can look at what we need and once we've identified what we need and what, what we need and what we have, um, we can just have a look at this completeness dashboard, um, which is very similar, um, but for each of these PDS levels, um, it'll actually tell you um, if we've got 3% of that information, which ones we've got, which ones we don't have, and of the rows in the upload, um, how many of those rows have that information. So it's unlikely for most of these things that we're looking to 100%, uh, because not every asset will have every asset type um, associated with it. Uh, but this is a way of checking that your data um, is comprehensive when it's uploaded, or if not comprehensive, giving you an easy way of seeing uh, what's missing from your data, how much of your, how much is missing, and how you can perhaps target that in future for um, data collection. So that first bit about what the platform does, ingesting data, the second part of it is visualising the data. So we visualise data quality here, but if we go now back up to the um, council overview. Once your data's uploaded, and again, I'm looking at this as um, an administrator, so I have access to several different councils and state governments dummy data that we've uploaded here. We see we've got a range of different visualizations that we can have showing in the data portal. So um, we've got these gauge charts, we can have map charts, column charts, and so on. Uh, lots of things to do comparisons. So we've got, um, some cracking information here, cracking by asset class, um, and some metrics. Um, have we got more cracking than we did last year? Um, and so on, how's that cracking on different types of roads? And we want all of this information. This is essentially like um, Angus and Chris were saying, this is a minimum viable product demonstration. So we've decided on some things to have in here that just demonstrate the capabilities of what we can see um, on here and have we've got a table that shows that information and various things about it. But we really want, as we start onboarding um, different jurisdictions onto this system, we really want how this works to be driven by the user community. Um, if you can think of visualizations that um, are useful to you, chances are they'll be useful to someone else. And we want to over time build up the sort of catalog of visualizations that we've got on here. And as a user, um, you'll be able to use the ones that you find useful. Um, in that. Um, so it's very flexible. Um, in that, we'll just move here to this road cracking in condition. So before when I was talking um, about how we can look at the change in data over time, um, 
this is one of those things. So we've got three years worth of data on cracking um, in our uploaded data, and we can look by different roads how that's changed over time. Um, is the cracking going up? Is it going down? Has there been repairs? Where's it going up more? And using all this business intelligence that we can get out of this data, um, you know, we can start learning things about what types of surface and what type of terrain, what type of climatic conditions um, are aging at what rate. And so um, having this sort of predictive things that we can derive from having this information in the data set um, is something that we're really interested in. Um, Let's say it's very flexible um, and we really want it to be driven by the user community as to the kind of things that we want to have showing in this portal. Um, the third thing after the ingesting of data and the visualising data is being able to compare data um, between different jurisdictions. And again, this is something that will be controlled by you, by the users of the system. Um, by default, you'll be able to see information from your local government, your council. Um, but if you'd like to share your information with neighbouring councils or councils with um, similar population density, similar climactic conditions and so on, that's something that you can arrange um, at a jurisdiction level. And once you've been given access to a neighbouring council's data, you'll be able to add that to your own charts and things. And you'll be able to say, well, we're spending X on doing Y. Um, the councils around us tend to spend a little bit more, a little bit less. So maybe your best practice that other people can leverage, or maybe you'll be able to identify someone that um, is maybe best practice and doing some things that you're not, and you know, incorporate um, their ways of working in what you do for maintenance and planning and things like that. So the more people that are on board with the platform, the better those benchmarks become, um, and the more useful they are. Um, to everyone who's using the platform. Um, so this is a visual cracking thing, um, a visual cracking demonstration um, that has various councils and state information on it. Uh, we've got a very simple one on this next page. Um, again, this is just demonstration data um, of maintenance expenditure, maintenance expenditure per square metre across some different councils and different surface types. So. Um, Again, um, very much user-driven. What do you want to see in this platform? Um, it's all of the things that you'd expect from a business intelligence and analytics platform are available in Domo, and um, it's up to you to say, um, this is what we want to see um, in that. And again, when we've got lots of information in here, we'll be able to put that together, and like I mentioned before, um, come up with um, baseline data, um, national level, state level, um, and so on groups of council levels like, um, so you'll be able to baseline how you're going against those various levels um, in things like operational expenditure, um, how quickly um, your conditions deteriorate and things like that. Now, the last of the four things that we think that the platform should be able to do is automate your standardised reporting. Um, And when we're talking about that, we're looking at reports um, that you as road managers have to do on a regular or semi-regular basis or report, even if it's not on a regular basis, but an occasional basis to agencies um, 
in various levels of state and local government and so on. Um, so what we've got here is a demonstration of State Grants Commission reporting. Um, those of you who've used the um, ALGA Excel spreadsheet um, to do um, this State Grants Commission reporting will recognise these are the things that it asks you to report on. Um, maintenance expenditures on sealed local roads and unsealed local roads. Um, value of different assets on different types of roads and things like this. So once that data is uploaded, these reports are just created automatically. And if you're a State Grants Commission, um, equally, you'll be able to come in here, have access to this and say, well, let's have a look at these councils that are reporting to me, um, see who's done their reporting, see who hasn't done their reporting, um, have all that information just contained in one place. And that goes for any of these reporting agencies, State Grants Commissions, Commonwealth Grants Commissions, Heavy Vehicle Infrastructure. This platform really, once the data's in there, um, can be configured to report um, on all these types of things. Now, to create those reports, we'll just go back to this data quality area that we showed before. Um, We've got a thing in here for being able to tell you what data you have and what data you need to be able to create different reports. So these are the list of ones that we've built into the platform so far. We've got some heavy vehicle reporting, state grants commission reporting, disaster recovery reporting. And we can look in here based on the data that we've got access to. Um, let's just change that to one council. Here we can see for Commonwealth Grants Commission reporting, these are the fields that we have and these are the fields that we're going to need to be able to do that. Um, so again, this is very useful for deciding what information you need to collect. Um, it can identify that for you. Um, so when you're deciding the asset information that you're going to source, the asset information that you're going to keep, that's all available in here. Um, appreciate I'm taking a little bit of time, just I'll quickly show uh, one other thing which is reasonably topical at the moment, um, is the use of this portal for disaster recovery information. Once you've uploaded your asset data, that's all in here and able to be used um, for things like disaster recovery reporting. So if there's a particular flood, cyclone, fire event, um, we can come in here and put all this information in their council, our year, the eligible event name and so on for that event. And once that information's in there, we can start adding assets that have been affected uh, by that. There'll be hopefully down the track a more focused um, webinar on specifics of how we use this, but essentially uh, once a disaster is um, in the system, we can add assets to it and put information in here about cost to repair, uh, before and after condition photos and things like that, and save that information in here. And then if you're, again, if you're an agency that uses that information or has to respond to those disaster information, it's a central portal for you to be able to come and source that information. So I think my time's probably up as far as this goes. Thanks for your patience. Um, You've got my contact details on the slide sheet. So um, questions that you've got about use of this, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask. And thanks very much for your time. Good, good afternoon, everyone.
I'm the manager assets at Blaney Shire Council. Uh, for those who don't know, Blaney is a small shire in central west New South Wales, bordered by Bathurst, Orange and Cowra. Uh, the shire is mainly agricultural. Um, we have a very large gold mine in the shire with another one set to open in a couple of years. Today I'm just going to give a short presentation on the Blaney Shire Roads strategy and explain how the National data, Roads Data Standard could help councils to develop their own strategy. At Blaney, we use the strategy to prioritise road rehabilitation and upgrade works across the entire network, including the rural, urban, sealed and unsealed networks. In some cases, prioritised segments may be recommended for other treatments than road upgrade or uh, rehabilitation. And that might include installation of safety barriers or referral to transport for a speed zone review. And that may be the case where the road standard is already commensurate with the council's class standard for that road. Condition is included in the strategy, but it's not overemphasised. And I know a lot of councils focus very much on condition, uh, but we look at condition as being something that would generally be addressed through heavy patching or reseal program. So that's particularly the case if the existing road with and horizontal alignment is adequate. And really it's just the condition, not the actual uh, quality of the road, so to speak. So, why a road strategy? Uh, well, picture tells a thousand, oh, sorry, gone to the wrong slide. Um, a picture tells a thousand words. The picture here is of Adelaide Street, Blaney in 1949 through to 2021. So it's gone from cyclists to B-doubles. And that's not even in a lifetime. So it just shows the importance of applying strategic approach to road infrastructure investment decisions. And the reason we've opted for a road strategy is to accommodate all the factors that need to be considered, considered in road investment planning. Specifically, it incorporates a road safety plan, a freight strategy, and needs to reflect the community's wishes through the community strategic plan, which includes social equity and livability within the Shire. The objectives of the plan are listed here. And these can be translated into measures, which is what I guess the link to the National Roads data standard is. Um, and that's the key is measurability. So if it's measurable and critical to measurable, measurability is the comparability and most importantly, the credibility of data and data standards. So the more that can come from a standardised data set, the better, and it helps to justify. So a key selling point for the strategy with the Blaney Shire councillors was the science behind the strategy. It was difficult to argue about the results and it would be politically courageous to reject moving to a scientific slash strategic basis for allocating road funding. I might be making it sound a bit easier than it was. I did have to present the strategy to two different councillor workshops 
and did spend over two hours running through the strategy with an individual council, councillor. So what makes the strategy measurable? So the measures, I think it's safe to say that all the measures could be, the measures listed here that is, could all be collated by most councils without a huge amount of additional work. The issue for many councils is that the data is not in a consolidated format and collated at the same level, such as 100 metre segments, for instance. I guess there may be some challenges around establishing a hierarchy and defining the level of service per road hierarchy class. However, I think it's not unreasonable to expect these exist in all councils in this day and age. And if not, they're probably well on the way to being developed. For Blaney, the measurability means we were able to prioritise the road rehabilitation and upgrade works across the entire network objectively and using a risk management approach. I guess what confirmed the validity of this, of this approach was that once the data set was constructed, the roads identified as being in the greatest need largely align with what we already knew internally. Essentially, it means we are now able to develop a meaningful works program for the life of the four-year delivery program with significantly reduced risk of funding being diverted to pet projects or reactionary works. It also enables us to start genuinely planning works to populate the 10-year long-term financial plan, which is a requirement in New South Wales. So for us, that's actually really powerful. And even with the wet weather we're experiencing now and a huge increase in our demand for heavy patching, that's essentially operates separately to the upgrade and renew and rehabilitation program, which is what the road strategy deals with. I believe a national road data standard could be the vehicle for bringing about standardised data definitions and collation methodologies, which would allow benchmarking and consistency in reporting, let alone making funding applications easier. Perhaps even more importantly, it has the potential to remove the issues around each council trying to define data and weightings. I would have been much happier to have just selected the data type off the shelf and not had to develop them myself. Um, but hopefully that's where the national data standard can help in the future. So aligning the objectives and the measures, this table just demonstrates the connection between the measures we've used and the Austroads Infrastructure Risk Rating Manual. And it also highlights the relationship between our other council objectives. So coming from community strategic plan and for a freight plan, so to speak. So without modification, the manual would have placed an overemphasis on sealing unsealed roads. So that's why we had to slightly modify the IRRR. Um, but another point to make there is that that's something that could easily be used with IRAP or OSRAP, for instance. So how does the scoring system work? This screenshot is a summary of the scores used <clears throat> to provide the priority scores, which are simply sorted highest to lowest. To identify, to identify the key road segments that require rehab and upgrade. 
or in some cases other treatments as I mentioned earlier. All scores are out of 10 and simply divided by the number of relevant scores to give a rating on a scale of one to 10. If there isn't an AADT, for instance, for a road, it's not included. So hence we have that last column, which is the valid criteria count. So essentially each segment is only assessed on relevant or criteria where there is data available. So council had adopted or has adopted a functional road hierarchy, which is based around identifying key routes intended to provide equity across the Shire, for instance. So all villages have at least one or two class one or two roads to access the village. And this is why we have the additional score for road function, which captures some of the more existing use type issues around whether it's a through road or just providing access to a few houses. Some other points in regards to the scoring are that the lane width is compared against the adopted road standard for each class of road and is assigned a score if it is less than one metre, sorry, greater than one metre narrower than the standard requires. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, also the risk assessment is based on a council risk matrix and applied to segments as we know about them. So you can see there in sort of in the middle there, um, there's only a score applied where relevant. And that of course, in the future, hopefully we can use um, artificial intelligence to do like an IRAP or OSRAP to actually complete that for all, all roads. So where does that leave us? For the journey ahead, the next steps of the strategy uh, to enhance the freight strategy by undertaking surveys, documenting or mapping, I should say, where um, attractors are, so businesses, quarries, um, major farming enterprises, and also community facilities and the like. Um, we also probably need to review the road hierarchy because this has raised some issues about some of the existing hierarchy. And one of the things I will be doing is transferring all this data into our asset systems. And I'd hope that we can do that or go further with that and include that into the national road portal. And also I'd like to explore more with artificial intelligence so we can populate the risk data it's by automatically. Um, so there's ongoing work obviously, which involves keeping up to date with your, tra your crash data, your traffic counts, maintenance expenditure, and all those sorts of things. Um, so finally, to summarise the strategy works to deliver the, or to inform the delivery plan, and that is why it's run, rerun each year in line with the annual budget preparation. And this may change segments in years five to 10, for instance, in the long-term financial plan. But what it seen, what appears to be the case is that that first sort of four years in the delivery program is pretty locked in because this data is just 
telling us exactly what we want to know and what we need to know. So thank you for that. And I'll now pass to David from Tasmania. Thank you. Hi everyone. Uh, as um, said before, uh, David from Tasmania, I'm the manager for data and analysis, uh, State Roads Asset Management. And today I just wanted to share with you a little bit about the new development we have underway uh, in the project and uh, share a little bit about the challenges that we have, uh, some of them, how we're going to manage that and um, how we see some opportunities working across with um, Austroads as well. So I've focused on uh, some key areas, mainly a bit about the broader strategy. So what is the, and I thought it'd be good to have a look at a little bit of the history. Um, two slides on, you know, almost like a tech on a page, just a few diagrams about the system and uh, how we're going to develop that and what we perceive the outcomes to be. So a bit of a journey. Uh, and then lastly, you know, what are those opportunities um, that we see from a reporting perspective? So this is a the problem statement that we have, and I don't think this is uh, unusual to anyone, really. Uh, we're starting on this journey. We're very disconnected. Uh, there's opportunities to improve that. Um, our transparency, uh, providing information across the organisation, um, is uh, difficult and that's through disconnected systems. Uh, we're very key person dependent uh, and we want to reverse that. So there's some strategies in place to um, work on that. And of course we needed a vision to um, inspire people and get people going. So this is why we developed um, the, the strategy for bringing a new system together. And, and the problem statement needs to be looked at from a history point of view. So if we take a, a take a bit of a step back, what do things look like? So over the last nine years, um, the organisation has uh, moved to try and improve the way it's collecting its asset management for state roads. Um, and there's been a lot of attempts and um, to, and to do that. And if we look at this um, across that space, it's really, from my perspective, it's really about what are the things that we've learned and what can we leverage off uh, in order to improve? And a lot of this um, has helped me to develop the strategy to um, you know, deliver to the organisation that there is a way we can now move through using this information. Of course, we um, also have looked at, um, we looked at doing it internally, but the decision was made that we would bring an external company on board to assist, um, and that's Jacobs has come on board to help us uh, move this project through. So we're now moving into the 2022 space with digital asset management, um, you know, be more proactive rather than reactive around um, decision making. Uh, and so what would that look like across the, the next five years? So at the moment, we're in that connecting and build trust phase, which is really about uh, improving our capability, looking at innovative new products, um, definitely about the unification, which I'll talk a little bit more about in the next slide. Um, I think most areas, and in a previous uh, position I was in, 
um, siloed reporting and decision making was prevalent. So, and that just comes about when people are um, finding ways to do things better or they have to do things off the side of their desk. And then we start to come up with our own standards and the way that we do things. And, and this sort of moves us into, we have to standardize everything and, and it helps, helps make the decision that it's better to work with you know, a national organization who can put those standards together, um, but also make sure that we're local in what we do. So we're in that 2022-3 space um, and we're on the journey now. We've only just started the project this month. Definitely need to be connected 24-25 and that's about having a central portal, not only uh, for our reporting and decision-making tactically, uh, but also as, um, as Tom was showing, you know, being able to access something from a central um, national basis as well. And then we want to be fully integrated. It's all underpinned by data management, which I think is a standard for everyone now. We just we make sure we work to the organisational strategy. Um, everyone's across what we're doing and we're bringing people on the journey. That's the important parts for us. So that's what our um, roadmap at a high level looks like. If I now I can now show you a little bit about what the system's going to look like. So looking to the left quadrant where we are now, so we have two um, two systems running at the moment, and I could say that it's it's almost like um, uh, a duplication. However, the Rims Roads Tables is our um, oldest system, and it's it's really come to end of life, and its main uh, function is running on link and chainage. Whereas through that nine-year journey, they they identified that we need to be more spatially aware, and the AMOS system is spatial is spatial and co and on coordinates. So we need to bring that together. So the so the plan is let's bring it into one system, and we've named that as the radius uh, road assets data intelligence unified system. Uh, but it's a whole of system. It's not just uh, at all. So we need to bring everything together, including the workflow, the business processes, and the standards, um, the data management. Uh, but there will be a new tool as well because we, we absolutely need that. Uh, across from that, there's in that quadrant of the future model, there's also the completed work form, which, which um, underpins a lot of the information we bring into our asset management um, system. At the moment, a lot of this for us is copy and paste, Excel workbook, um, manual processing, the data types don't match the data types in the system. So there's a lot of work around bringing all that together. Um, if we move to the next quadrant where we've got our maintenance and asset data, well, this is where we started first. Uh, it was to sort of get some tactical information out to the uh, network supervisors so they could uh, visually see information rather than having taking an Excel um, workbook with them or you know a piece of paper. So that, that's working really well for us at the moment. So we've already got that underway uh, and helping us with our analytics and reporting on board. And obviously in the future, uh, we are seeing this 24-25 is that we should be connecting to other internal systems so that decisions can be made quite easily. And that would be as an example uh, the maintenance use the contract management system so they have to go to the contract management system and download some information and then go to the maintenance system and download it and then they bring that together themselves where 
you know, we want to get the machine to do that so they can just answer the questions as they um, as required. So what's that looking like um, if we move a little bit further on? Um, to improve the model, uh, we want we, we really see this as a huge opportunity. So if we're going to build a new system, and that's the tool, we're not talking about the, the process and workflow at the moment, but if we're just going to build the new system, then the opportunity to work closely with Austroads to ensure that um, some of the tables that we develop are in line with the Austroads standards. So that's, that's a real opportunity for the organisation. And that would be what type of reports we need to um, have seamlessly delivered up through uh, to their new Domo platform. So, so that's, a, that's a given for us. We have to work through that because uh, it'll make it easier for everyone in the long run. Um, and that would include our completed workform. So there's a couple of bodies of work there. And then, of course, it's, it's quite simple when you look at the, at the graphs there. You know, we deliver some information through to Austroads. It belongs to us, but we can share that with other organisations. Um, we can do some comparisons over maybe someone's doing something better in another area than, than we are. And we can sort of start the dialogue about how can we improve in the way that they're improving. Um, Obviously, the you know says it relationship building. Um, I know internally here we're doing a body of work around heavy vehicle management, which um, is really important, and that's another part that, um, although I'm not involved in that that area, there's still some synergies around making sure that we get the information through, and that would come across through to Austroads. And then I see the the national portal as um, as I said it, it's. It's tidy, it's evidence-based, um, we've got our standards up and uh, it's easy to sort of draw down that information and, and share it. So it's a pretty quick um, presentation, but uh, that's really the, 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 the highlights of what we're doing here at State Roads um, Asset Management in Tasmania. And I wanna thank you for uh, listening and I'll now hand over to Chris. Yes, I'm going to conclude the presentation by effectively uh, articulating really the next stage or the next phase of the process. As I mentioned originally when I spoke, um, the first half of this calendar year, Austroads undertook an inception stage looking at what work had been done and importantly, what needs to be done going forward. Um, what, was, what were identified were six interconnected focus areas for the future, which are listed and you can see on the screen. I'm not going to go through all of those six. I'll highlight some key ones though. The, the first one and very important one is we must always remember and go back to the foundational document, which is the Austroads Road Asset Data Standard. Version four has been recently released. Uh, the standard provides a common specification of road asset data items. It effectively is the language, the lexicon that can be used, uh, and it benefits all parties and all stakeholders, uh, government, road infrastructure, road infrastructure managers in the first instance, road users, and obviously industry as well. The version four of the standard 
has been driven by the inclusion of revisions to the priority data sets that you've heard throughout the presentation today. And these priority data sets have been revised to incorporate specific updates, but also to address specific applications and uses and needs. Furthermore, the priority road asset data set standard has also now been translated into machine readable language. In other words, the, the ability to upload directly into an IT system, of which one has been the Ostroads um, knowledge sharing platform, as was demonstrated. Um, the languages supported at the moment are obviously the CSV file, as was demonstrated, but also the JavaScript um, object uh, notation and the XML or the extendable markup language as well. And these are important things because they address that question of, I want to use the standard, what tools am I provided to help me uh, capture and use that information more readily? Another uh, focus area that I wanted to highlight was the day one applications. You saw them demonstrated uh, by Tom earlier in the presentation, uh, but also there are other day one applications and use cases that are addressing Austro's members' needs and especially local government that provide stakeholder value. And these are currently in the pipeline as part of the implementation to be de delivered. But also I want to stress that there are mid and long-term applications as well. And this is where we need to hear from you because you uh, tell us what are really needed as well. And in doing so, we can envisage additional priority data sets or the priority, the existing priority data sets being updated to accommodate and support these mid and long-term applications as we go forward. You saw demonstrated uh, data quality and collection requirements. And this is uh, an important aspect. Uh, part of the implementation going forward will be to develop, especially for local government, uh, quality documents that improve the ability of how to procure the data in a robust standard. In other words, what we've heard is that there are councils who've said, I want to use the road data, road asset data standard. I understand the concept of road asset data standard, but I don't know how to ask for the data. I don't know how to go to the market and procure this information. So uh, in the language of local government, our aim is to develop and enhance these existing tools that are already in place and make them specific to that need. In doing so, to also investigate the existing training material to make it more direct for the procurement of this data collection as well. All this adds to the fact, again, as was demonstrated by Tom, that we have developed dashboards that articulate and verify the coverage and the completeness of the data. So even when you procure the data and have the data del delivered to you, or either directly put into the system, you need to know, is the coverage you're expecting there? And is the completeness that you're expecting also there as well? So these are focus areas that we want to highlight. And also an important area is transitioning to, to a future state. 
we need to understand and identify the requirements and pathways for different road infrastructure managers. In today's presentation, you heard from two end users, but you heard two very different stories. And I would say that every story from every road infrastructure manager would be different in the country. So we need to understand that the current position differs, but the pathway will also differ. And it's dependent on many factors. And these are key understandings that we need to have. This also highlights the challenges that each stakeholder has and how we need to accommodate these tools as part of the implementation and the Austroads knowledge sharing platform to cater for these challenges and the adoption and transition pathways that they will undertake. Having said that, critical to this is we'll be hearing from you. We want to hear from you uh, from the perspective of I want to use the standard, how do I do that? To I want to procure data according to the standard, can you assist me? And uh, I don't have a system that I can use to store data. How can I be party to the uh, minimum viable product IT platform, the Austroads knowledge sharing system? On that note, um, we'll leave it to you to contact us as well. But the implementation has commenced. A project manager has been assigned and you'll be hearing from us soon. On that note, thank you very much. And I want to hand over to Katerina can see on the screen we have a few webinars coming up. Uh, we will cover a variety of projects and subjects. So um, to find out more about each of the session, please um, visit our website and register. And um, as we close out today's session, there will be a questionnaire uh, that will pop up on your screen. Please take a couple of minutes um, to send us your feedback. Let us know what you liked or didn't like about the session and what suggestions you have for future webinars. Once again, uh, today's session is being recorded and we will send you the link to the recording when it's published on our website. Uh, thanks again, everyone. Stay well and safe um, and enjoy the rest of your day.